When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. First of all, thank you very much. You know what? Happy Friday to everybody here. I hope you're all doing well. I, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be feeling healthy after my tussle with COVID a couple of weeks ago. It's got a long tail on it. But the virus is still out there. Case in point, John Baptiste is not here again tonight because he caught the COVID. We wish him all the best and a speedy recovery. We love it, John. Right? Give it up. Give it up in this one. There you go. Luckily, Stay Human's own Louis Cato has stepped in. Give it up for Louis Cato right over there. Mm -hmm. All right? And when Louis is not on camera, we seal him in Tupperware just to keep him fresh. (laughs) We have to at this point. We'll poke some air holes. But... Despite all the COVID of it all, the world is still opening up. For example, over in Germany, after being canceled for the past two years, Oktoberfest will go ahead in 2022. Good. Thank the Lord. I am glad to hear that because after two years of pandemic, my body is fit only for later hosen. The beer festival is going all out for their first year back. Attendees will get to swig beer and eat sausages pretzel and pork knuckles. As Munich's mayor said, there will be an unrestricted festival which will hopefully give a lot of people a lot of pleasure. (laughs) That is actually, that is actually Munich's town motto. Munich, our sausages will give you pleasure. (laughs) It sounds... Jawohl. It sounds, sounds less sexy in German. It's all one word, like, (laughs) knock versus sex and machen to bringen. It's not just Oktoberfest. After pandemic upheavals, tomorrow we'll see a return to what's being called a normal Kentucky Derby. So, tiny men on giant horses being screamed at by drunk women in enormous hats. You know, normal. (laughs) Organizers say... Organizers say... Organizers say the Derby should have a pre-pandemic feel, just with more people asking the jockeys, psst, can you score me some horse paste? If beer and horses aren't your thing, you could take a beach vacay because with the summer season coming up, Greece has lifted its COVID curb for travelers, which is great news for any brides who want to invite three men to her wedding in Greece to figure out which of them is her real father. Mamma mia! Now, here in the States, COVID restrictions aren't the only things being removed because Nantucket residents have voted to make all beaches topless. Yeah. Just like the famous limerick, there once was a gal from Nantucket who said of her shirt, I'll untuck it. Then she took off her bra while singing ta-da and said, if you're mad, you can suck it. (laughs) But... (laughs) 
Just because things are opening up doesn't mean COVID isn't still serious. Researchers have recently announced that severe COVID can age the brain by 20 years. Now, if you're wondering, one sign that your brain has aged 20 years, you've recently started watching CBS. <laughs> Welcome. Remember, drink plenty of fluids, watch plenty of blue bloods. Scientists say that a severe case of COVID-19 can result in a loss of mental sharpness equivalent to losing 10 IQ points. And people who choose not to get vaccinated can't afford those 10 points. In devastating news... I gotta think. I gotta think. In devastating news for people you don't want to be stuck talking to at a party, NFT sales are flatlining. But why? They seem like such a sound investment. You see, it's a picture. Well, it's a picture of a picture, but the picture of the picture is the picture, and it doesn't really exist, but I promise there's only one of them unless I decide to make more. Let's start the bidding at $10 million. (laughs) And those who got in on this Ponzi scheme early on are also feeling the pinch because many NFT owners are finding their investments are worth significantly less than when they bought them. What does significant mean? Well, an NFT of the first tweet from Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey sold in March 2021 for $2.9 million. But when it went up for auction recently, the highest bid came in at $277. Wow. I have not... I have not seen anything lose value that quickly since Kevin Spacey's Oscars. For his... Really? Really? Too rough on Kevin Spacey? You read the news, right? For his part, the owner of the Dorsey NFT is undeterred, saying that the drop in value was just a normal fluctuation that could occur in any market and that the NFT market is one that is still developing and it is impossible to predict how it will look in a few years. And if you believe that, I've got an NFT of a bridge I'd like to sell you. This, keep driving. He's he's, he's, keep driving. This week has been full of leaks, but no dribble of information is complete without a terrifying new anecdote about former President Napoleon Boner Pill. (laughs) This, this. The information comes to us courtesy of a new book by former defense secretary and man so patriotic he's got an eagle growing out of his neck. (laughs) Mark Esper. By the way, Secretary Esper will be my guest here on The Late Show next Tuesday. Please join us. In his book, Esper recalls what was going on in the administration on June 1st, 2020, when demonstrators were gathered at Lafayette Square near the White House to protest police action in the death of George Floyd and to address their concerns about police brutality. The former president called out the National Guard to hit the crowd with tear gas and rubber bullets so he could walk across the street with Esper in tow and hold a Bible like he was returning a ham sandwich to the deli counter. (laughs) I'm joking, obviously. He would never return a sandwich. (laughs) But according... According to Esper's book, that was actually the best-case scenario. Esper writes that the former president first asked his defense secretary, can't you just shoot them? Just shoot them in the legs or something? Now, folks, 
every so often you learn something about that rancid garbage pile that unbelievably still shocks you. The President of the United States asked the Secretary of Defense to use the military to shoot protesters. Why stop there? Why not nuke the protesters? Oh, wait, he was saving the nukes to stop the hurricanes. <laughs> and for the record, shooting them in the legs does not make it any better. Legs are very important. That's where I keep some of my favorite blood. <laughs> Evidently, he learned crowd control from this training video. All right, now, you wise guy, dance! It has been a while. That was, I believe that was John Bolton. It's been... It's been a while. Good that. It's been a while since we heard from former New York mayor and depressed testicle Rudy Giuliani. Rudy's having a little trouble holding down a job these days. So instead, he's on Cameo, a service where for a fee, you can get a short, personalized message from a celebrity or from Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> now, recently, uh, Giuliani took to Twitter to promote his cameos. He's since deleted the tweet, but not before our footage wizards snagged the video. I'm Rudy Giuliani. If you want to have a really nice conversation or a birthday greeting or just talk golf, go to the link below. We can talk about anything, even about how those who actively seek to destroy their own country face no consequences and can relax on a golf course looking like a happy little potato in culottes. Hawking birthday greetings for Merlot money. Click below. Because seriously, what is that look? He's, he's like a grandpa dressed up as a kid, dressed up as a grandpa. I don't, I don't, what is happening down here? What is happening down here? I don't know if he's wearing shorts or longs. It's like an adult diaper and a pair of khakis had a secret baby they hid in the attic. He's like, it's like he grabbed some dockers and when they saw who was wearing them, they took their own life before they hit the ankles. He's, he looks like, he looks like, the new geriatric member of Blink-182. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Chris O'Donnell. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Gentlemen, my guest tonight stars as Agent Callan on NCIS Los Angeles, which will air its 300th episode this Sunday. He's also co-created the new CBS dance competition show, Come Dance With Me. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Chris O'Donnell. Good to see you again. Good to see everybody back. I love yeah. seeing the audience. Yeah. Isn't that pleasant? It's amazing. 
It's been it's been it's been a minute since we've seen you. 2018 was the last time you were here. I don't think I've been to New York since 2018. Really? It's been a while. How yeah. you been? You been busy? I've been busy. I've been busy working, but it's good to be back. I love this city. You know, it's it's got an energy to it like none other, and just happy yeah. to be here. It has been, it has been. I I recently found out that this this year celebrates 30 years since you were in Scent of a Woman. Oh my gosh. With with Al Pacino. Yep. There we you go. We filmed, in fact, I lived, I lived about Look at that face. three blocks from here when we did that. Put that back up. Put that Where up. Where is it? Let me see. Look at that little baby face right there. It looks like my, I hate to say it, it looks like my, my oldest son. Although he, he chopped that lid off, so. There you go. What was, what, what, what do you remember from that movie? Well, besides the amazing experience, I was laughing because I, we, as I was coming over here, I drove by, I lived in this building right on 57th between 8th and 9th. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I didn't know anybody and I was young and I'm just stuck in this building. And I couldn't sleep because I was working with Al Pacino. I used to literally get up at four in the morning, put on rollerblades and a down jacket and rollerblade up and down Times Square in the middle of the night, in the dead of winter. It's a very popular sport. Just to calm sport. down. Just to calm down and try and sleep. I was out of my mind. I was, I was literally, uh, I was a little nervous. What's Pacino, what was Pacino, was he nice to you? He was amazing. Yeah, it was interesting for the first, um, I think we filmed for six months, first five months of it, he was really kind of cool to me and not like engaging. And I found out after the fact, Marty Brest, the director had said to him, he goes, Chris is really nervous around you. Ah. Don't make him comfortable. Because it worked for, it worked for the movie. Oh, it was worked for the character. Of course, right. So finally, like the last month, he's like, hey, you want to come over and play cards? You want to go to dinner? I'm like, Where's this been for five months? <laughs> you know, and, and, and then I kind of figured it out. I said, okay, I can appreciate that. You didn't realize he was making you method act. Well, he was scaring the hell out of me. I used to be, we had our dressing rooms next to each other and I could hear, they had thin walls and I could hear him in there working on these scenes. And I'm freaking out, I go, we're not doing that scene today. And he's working on scenes for the next week and he's, he's coming up with all this stuff. I'm like, good God, I gotta like learn my lines and prepare. <laughs> So you're I was, trying to learn your lines, and through the wall, you just hear, hoo Exactly. <laughs> it was yeah. like a cheap hotel. Exactly. Okay, let's, let's get to the heat and meet here. NCIS Los Angeles, airing its 300th episode. That's quite a milestone. This Sunday, yeah. this Sunday night. Yeah. 14 uh, seasons. Going on 14, yeah. 14 seasons. I've asked you this before. I've never gotten a straight answer. Why is there so much naval crime in Los Angeles? <laughs> there, there's no boats there. <laughs> Well, you know, there's been a lot of crime in New Orleans and now in Hawaii. Yes. Um, I can't wait for Naval Crime question. Scene Investigator Denver. <laughs> Why? <laughs> have you guys got 300? You must have solved all the crime I, at some, this point. Some creative writers to be coming up with the storylines for that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on that. But um, no, we're so blessed. 300 episodes is a lot. We have an amazing cast and crew that we work with every day. And Those are gun smoke numbers, man. <laughs> We're in, we're, we're getting up top 20, top, yeah, I forget where we're we are. Top 20 longest running shows? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. How come LL Cool J... How come LL Cool J hasn't aged a day? Is there some secret formula he's got? He's animatronic. He's actually not I would real. It. I would believe that. With I his really... work schedule, I don't doubt it, actually. Now, uh, one of the things that I have enjoyed over the last couple of years is that I, um... I don't think you've ever met my wife, Evie, but she's been on the show quite a, a, a bit in the last two years because, first of all... Well, you were doing it in your garage for a while, Originally, right? yeah. I was doing it just in a spare bedroom yeah. uh, for a while, and then she was my only uh, audience member. Band leader. For ten, for 10 months, honest to God. So for yeah. 15 months, it was basically just her. And 
It's been so fun to have her be a part of the show. Now, I understand that on NCIS, uh, LA, my family, yes, your family, your your wife and your kids have all been on at this point. Yes, all what? all but one. Uh, my oldest son has not been on. He had a nice part he was supposed to do, but somebody got COVID and uh, that didn't happen. But it was funny. My, speaking of my wife, I had my wife when I was directing an episode, and she and her friends like, "Well, we want to be on. If you're the director, they can't say no." And so I'm like, "Okay, so we'll get you in." And this is a long con. This is why yeah, she married you. Exactly. <laughs> This was how she was going to get into the Screen Actors Guild. Sure. So they have a, um, <laughs> a scene where there's this guy coming into a restaurant, and he starts shooting up the place, and everyone freaks out and panics, and they're running away. I'm watching the playback after we did the take, because there's hundreds of people there. This one group of girls comes right through, and they're all laughing hysterically. <laughs> and they're still carrying their champ real champagne <laughs> that they had ordered themselves. And I look back, and the, the, the DP comes and goes, hey, Chris, you know, those, you know, they're all laughing. And so if I go... Yeah, I know, that's, that's my wife. Um, <laughs> we're going to handle that. So I went back and cooked, guys, uh, you're going to get me fired. So you need to cooperate here. And uh, maybe when the guy starts firing a gun, it's not that funny. That's all. Yeah. I really kind of yeah, what a, that's drilled as a, down that's on That's as a director. Yes. What about as an actor? When you know, even if they're just like on set, like the wife and the kids, does it make you better or does it make you super nervous? It doesn't make me nervous. I get a kick out of it. I mean, I, I think yep. it's funny because I see how nervous they are. And I take it for granted. I mean, I'm just used to, like, I get nervous doing certain, certain events and coming on a talk show is a different thing. On the set, you know, it's what I do. It's what you do every day. You're very comfortable with it. But you have an appreciation when you see your loved ones come on and they're, they're out of their sorts. You know, they're just so Well, nervous. I get nervous because I want, I want them to have a good time. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want them, like, I don't want them to come on and But think. it's kind of a novelty. They're not on there hoping for their big break. It's kind of just a... I don't know. I mean, I hope they're not, because if I don't they know. are, they didn't, maybe I, I it didn't had, happen. I, don't I know. had my six-year-old when he was six. When he was six years old, was the, my youngest was on the old show for a Christmas right. special that we did. He shot this little piece. I know he was out there in an urchin or something like that. He walks off stage. I found this out from my wardrobe mistress later. Opens the door to the stage door. He walks off. Six-year-old looks up to her and goes, I liked it out there. <laughs> <laughs> And this she's like, home. you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. This is home. How old were you when you first started acting? Because, uh, you know, I, people don't hear know, but you were in Men Don't Leave was the first thing I saw you in, which was so beautiful. Thank Such you. an amazing performance. I was, I was 18 when I did that. Yeah. So that was my first real mm -hmm. acting gig. I was doing commercials, though, as young at, as the age of 14. What were you selling? What were you pushing? Everything. Captain Crunch and, and, and fruit roll-ups and McDonald's. How's and... your bite and smile? Oh, I got a good bite. I can run in place. <laughs> <laughs> and I can whisper in your ear. But still talk. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. And I can yeah. put my hands in my pockets, but not make them crease. It's a, it's you a can't whole. Uh, you can't teach that. You really. You're born with that. I hate to say it, but that is my line. You can't teach that. No. Yeah. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, I will ask Chris O'Donnell about his latest dancing project. <laughs> I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. 
From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Hey, everybody, back here with Chris O'Donnell. You have co-created and executive produced a new family dance competition. Yes. It's you and LL Cool J. It was a logical this, right? progression. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Naval crime, family Naval dance. Naval crime in LA, yes. family dance. Let's okay. go. It's called Come Dance With Me. Yes. How did the show come about? Well, it came about from a friend of mine who is in the reality world, and we were about doing something. We have kids the same age and have shared the daddy-daughter dances and that, but um, it was interesting. When we started talking about it, and LL had heard about it, and I said, I don't know if this is my cup of tea, and he's like, yo, that thing's hot. We should do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right. But what happened was COVID hit. Mm. We'd been developing this. We talked to CBS about it, but everything was shut down. All of a sudden, COVID hits. We're sitting around. We're spending a lot of time with the family in the houses. And I'm watching my little Maeve dance. And I'm going, she's got some pretty good moves. Like, where, where did she learn that? And it's TikTok. It was all TikTok. TikTok, oh. TikTok was exploding when COVID first hit. Sure. And the whole dance thing. And so the idea of a parent-child dance competition show just kind these of started like to make more sense. These are... So the kids are really talented dancers. They all take dance classes. Mm-hmm. They're all from kind of 8 to 14. The parents are from all walks of life. I mean, they, this is not their comfort zone. And there's something so great about watching someone that doesn't want to get up and dance have to dance. And are the kids, like, teaching the parents? Like, Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. that's good. And so it's great. And then, But the best is, at the end, the two lowest point totals have to have a dance-off, which is fine for the kids, because that's what they do with their friends. They get up and do a little dance-off. The parents then have to do a dance-off. <laughs> So you've got, like, one mom's a doctor and the other guy's, you know, a, a banker or something, and they got to have a dance-off. <laughs> it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. So it's... Tune in. It's, do, it's, you uh, dan- do you dance on the show? I do not, do not dance on the show. Because no. you have danced before. This is you honoring Al Pacino oh, at the Kennedy Centers. I was hosting the Kennedy Center Honors, and you the, yeah, tangoed your heart out that night in honor. This was the most embarrassing thing, honestly. So I get a call... Say, hey, Chris, Al Pacino's gonna get the Kennedy Center Award, and we would like you to come introduce him and speak. I'm going, oh my God, this is such an honor. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe all the people he's worked with. You're asking, wow, thank you. And we have an idea. I'm like, okay. So we wanna recreate the tango scene from Scent of a Woman. I go, great, you should do that. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. But we'd like you to dance with Gabrielle Anwar. I said, no, 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 no. Charlie didn't dance. It was, it was Colonel Slade that, I know, but it would be such a great honor. I'm going, I don't know how I say no, but I, the last thing I want to do is dance before the President of the United States and a thousand people at the Kennedy Center. Mm-hmm. I didn't say no. And what's that moment? What's that? What's it that was, moment like? I mean, honestly, I had to. I, my wife was laughing. I said, "I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown." She said, mm-hmm. "I said, I said, I need a doctor. I'm freaking out." Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fine. I didn't yeah. drop Gabrielle. Uh-huh. I danced around like a. I, I have an appreciation for what these parents are going through. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Chris, it was lovely to see you again. Thanks Good so much for being here. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. 
of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.